Riverside. Welcome to Garage Takes Season 3, Episode 11. It is Michigan, Michigan State Rivalry Week. And we're excited about it. We're excited about it. We got to definitely get into that. We got to definitely talk Lions. Um, Want to welcome everybody to the podcast. Make sure that if you haven't done so already, you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Your audio file you can get over on Apple. Spotify, Google, wherever you get that from, make sure that you follow that and uh, make sure you also hop over to the Garage Takes YouTube channel as well. Um, last week was awesome. I don't know what it was. I certainly don't understand YouTube. Um, it is out of my realm of, of understanding, but uh, Brant, we made it in the algorithm somehow, some way. Um, our Lions video clip from last week uh, eclipsed almost 500 views, so that was awesome. Um now, if we can get those subscribers up to that number, that would be even more incredible. So uh, I just want to ask everybody that is tuning in to make sure that you hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate the support. Brant, I want to welcome you in. How are you, sir? Doing great. And uh, I just want to piggyback on what David just said was um, 500 views and 23 subscribers. Like, we can do a little better than that. So if you are listening or if you do catch a clip of YouTube, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It'll mean a lot to us. Um, and uh, we're going to keep putting out the content. That's for sure. So um, I'll let you go, Dave. All right. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the bottom line. I want to talk two two main topics this week. We'll, we'll get into Michigan, Michigan State on the latter half of this, but we got to talk Lions. So Lions go – into Tampa Bay, I mean, against a good Tampa Bay team, and I'll be honest, Brand, I'm probably first one that was guilty of that the Bucks just are, they're overrated, they're frauds. Um, and I still think that they're more of an average team than they are, uh, you know, the 3-1 team that was going into it. But that defense is for real, and um, Tampa Bay's a good team. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfielded a little bit. He missed some throws. I mean, it wasn't the, the cleanest game. But 20 to 6 on the road, um, on the road that once again feels like a home game. Like, Brant, maybe we start there. Have you ever seen anything like this? Like, these away games have now turned into like all Lions home games. It is bizarre. A sea of blue everywhere. What's interesting, Dave, is like, I have Facebook friends at the games. I had Facebook friends at the Kansas City Chiefs game. I had friends at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. It like, it's like getting close to me. Like, man, this looks like a lot of fun. Like to go down to a different stadium and have a weekend where you, you can just hang out and chill. And obviously, Tampa Bay is a great setting to do that. Um, but it was like palpable when you're watching the game. You can feel like when the Lions make a play, it's loud in there. Like. It's a, it's a difference maker, and I think Dan Campbell knows it. The Lions players know it. The organization knows it. Strike while the iron's hot. This team feels like they're in all-in mode right now, Dave, and they are certainly playing like it. And when you look at the scope of the NFC, I mean, you can really start to understand that when I asked last week about the Lions being the one or two seed, that's a real thing because – 
The Buccaneers feel like a playoff team. Now, they may be a fringe playoff team, but they might win their division, Dave, and get a home playoff game. So when you talk about that and you talk about the Lions in the scope of the NFC, they are at the top right now. Um, I wouldn't say they're at the very top of that, but they're at the top with a couple other teams. Uh, I know we kind of harp on it every single week, like this team keeps on grinding, they keep getting better, but um, I I almost feel like in the NFC it's not going to take much. Uh, I watched some of the Vikings and Bears game, and and wow, was that just a terrible game to watch. So so when you take that into effect, and the the NFC North is just kind of a, a garbage division outside of the Lions right now, yeah, uh, amazing to see. Brant, the Lions haven't started this hot since 2011. Um, but 2011, I mean, we were adults and we were alive and well at that point. I remember that clearly. It did not feel like this. It just, it didn't feel like this. I mean, people were excited. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there's something different right now about this team and the, the energy in this city around the team. So, Brant, I got a question for you. What do you think it is? Like what is, what's causing this? And I know the obviously winning, like winning cures all, winning brings people together. But what is it about the Detroit Lions right now that has America all in on this team? You know what I think it is, Dave? When you have a guy like Dan Campbell that everybody can rally around and he's got a vision that starts with grit, right? And that embodies a city um, Dave, I know you're old enough to remember, both of us are, like when um, like when the go-to-work Pistons, and that was like their motto, and they used to play like the, the little horn sound that was like to go to work time type deal, and it just gets everybody amped up. And I mean, the Pistons back in 2004 were like a revelation. Like it felt different, and it felt like it didn't matter if you were a casual basketball fan or you just caught a game every now and then. Everybody knew when the big Ben Fro was out, like it was a staple like that. Like it feels like Dan Campbell is the face of this movement. And uh, did you watch his post game where he pulled out the $5 bill or whatever, Dave? Yeah, you did. You caught that. And, and it just like goes to show you like everybody's listening. Like he has America right now in the palm of his hand. And it's all under this grit element. And I obviously think that the hard knocks helped last year too. Like everybody got to see inside of that locker room and and what they operate like. Um, So I think the difference between 2011 and now is actually Dan Campbell, I guess. um, Do you want to go on that for a minute? What you think the difference is? Cause I have a question for you. Yeah, so, no, cool. I have I, I, I have some, some thoughts. Do you have a question along those lines, or can I share my yeah, two cents no, on that? No, go, 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 go. So I, I just think that this just reminds me of 20, 25 years ago uh, with, the, with the Red Wings. Like, I don't know. It was like the Red Wings, tra- like fans traveled everywhere for that team. They were so good. They were so exciting. They were loaded with talent. And it was like a sea of red everywhere. Um, and I just think that, and you're right, Brant, the 2004 Pistons, at the, like the going to work Pistons, that they still play that horn. The Pistons have not gone to work in like 20 years, but they still do that. But I know like the flames and all of that, right? Like the energy was so high around those teams. Brand, I think the city has been starved 
starved for a for a winner for a champion around here and it is from the top down and when things go wrong brant what does everybody say well it starts at the top well when things go well it starts at the top too and I think that we tend to do that just in life is like, you know, when things go bad, I, it was a year ago, I believe it was like early last year. The line started out poorly. It's the Calvin Johnson ceremony out there at Ford Field. Sheila basically got booed off the field like they were so bad. It was like the season was off the rails so early on. And then slowly but surely this plan started to come together. And so I've got to give Sheila some credit because this is her regime. From bringing in Chris Spielman to hiring Brad Holmes to bringing in Dan Campbell. I mean, this is her cohesive unit. From the top down, everybody's speaking the same language. She knows when to get out of the way, knows when to make decisions. And I got to give props to her. Now, is, is Sheila bringing the energy to the city? No. Like, I, I think clearly this is, is Dan Campbell's um, thumbprint over this whole thing. And I mean, yeah, he's just your... He, He's your motivator. He's your, and he's gone beyond that though, Brand. I mean, he's, he's becoming a head coach right in front of our very own eyes every week where he's making decisions and putting his assistant coaches in the best position to get these guys ready and make the right in-game decisions, which has been Dan Campbell's fault at times. Um, he's punting the ball when he should. Just, just little things. It's like we're watching him grow up as a head coach in, in, in our own eyes. He's got the locker room. He had the locker room last year, and to his credit, he never lost it when they started that poor. I mean, Brent, in the last you know year and a half, I mean, the, you're talking about the one of the top probably three hottest teams in football and it hasn't stopped like this isn't a fluke and that's the other thing is like it almost seemed like in 2011 there was something fluky about it going on um obviously you had Stafford you had Kelvin Johnson like but that defense was was never what it is right now and some of those games they won were questionable like it just it it seemed different and I think this Lions team is like Oh no, like we're showing up every week. We're talking that talk. When when Dan Campbell got on that microphone two, three years ago and said, we're going to bite kneecaps off and we're going to have this tough, gritty mentality. Like it was all about saying the right things. And now he's following that up by, he's literally built his team off of that mantra and they're bought in and the city's bought in. And it's just like, it's perfect from, from the top down. And let's not go without giving major, major credit to Brad Holmes. You are seeing in front of your own eyes every weekend right now, Lions fans, this is the Brad Holmes vision. These are the players that Brad Holmes drafted. He cleaned house. He flipped Matthew Stafford into these draft picks that have yielded not only Jared Goff, who is arguably taking you to new heights that Stafford wasn't able to. Now, I, that may be too early to say that now, but he's in the MVP conversation, but he's draft like. Brad Holmes is drafted so well, um, almost like freakishly well, like you're going to miss on about half of these picks every year. You should. I mean, most GMs do, but you got to hit on a few. Brad's hit on almost all of them. And this is his team. And I it, like I, I feel like, and I was guilty of this for a long time, Brent, where it was like, can we stop talking about the character? Can we stop talking about like the locker room guys? Like, I want some dogs. Like, I don't care if they have character problems and this and that. Like, I want to win games. He's found a balance to do both. He really has. He is. He's brought in the right guys, the right personnel. And this thing is humming right now. And it's not a man. I know we joke about, like, oh, the hype train and this and that. Like, 
No, that that's all like gimmicky and that sort of a thing to say like, oh, you know, get on the hype train now. Like, no, this team is for real. And, and I think that they stack up well against anybody in the NFL. And you can't question that at this point. Like through injury, and this is the true battle test of, of a team. You can't say at this point, well, like, they haven't been hit with the injury bug yet. Yes, they have. Like, early on, they've played without their star receiver, without their starting running back, without their star rookie and Brian Ran- Brian Branch. Um, Jameer Gibbs has been out. I mean, you lost C.J. G.J. like, right away, beginning of the season. Emmanuel Mosley played two snaps. Like, this team has been banged up, but it does not matter. Um it is these guys are prepared and prepared to play and you hear it's always coach speak until it actually comes into existence and what did Dan Campbell say next man up and it's like okay yeah dude but you're losing this person and that person like it's some no he meant it like it's next man up the team embodies it and yeah you are sitting at the top of the NFL right now it's not the top of your division you're sitting at the top of the league and and I'm all in on this team so Brant go ahead I'll turn it over to you you said you had a question for me yeah, Dave, actually, you kind of already answered it a little bit because um, I wanted to go back, and I, I just wanted to ask you flat out right now, six games in, is this the best Lions team you've ever seen? Without a question. Yep, it's it, it it's not close. I mean, you, you can go back to the to the, the 90s, right, when we were kids and Barry was here and all that. Yeah, that's not, just... not, not really what I meant. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's not no. really what I meant. No, yeah, I... no you're on the right track there. Yeah, yeah, no, this is most definitely the best Lions team in, in, in our lifetime. I mean, Brant, you, you could ask some boomers that same question. They may tell you that same the same answer. This is the, the it appears right now, and I, I know we're six games in, the best Lions team that, that we've seen. Um, and it, it's undeniable right now. It is, the talent is there. The talent is young. It's still coming together. And, and what's scary I don't think this team has hit their peak yet. I really don't. Like, I think that they've left some to be desired on both ends of the football each game. Like I said, they've not been healthy, nor will they be this year. No NFL team is. I just I don't think that they have reached their peak yet. And that's got to be scary for the rest of the league. Because you know what? I know what the Chiefs are. I, I do. I, I know what the Niners are. I do. And, and, and that's no disrespect to them, but like, I know what what that team is. I know who the Eagles are. I don't think everybody knows the Lions are. I think they're kind of putting the league on notice. I really do. I think that everybody's kind of like taking a step back right now. Like, oh, this is a tough team to beat. Like, and and they have not. Although the th- it's humming right now, I don't think that we have seen the peak of what this Lions team can be and will be this year. And that's got to be scary for the rest of the league. Dave, I'm with you on that. Um... And, like, you, you already talked about the depth. I mean, you want to talk about depth? See Craig Reynolds. Like, he had a heck of a ball game against the Bucs. And, uh, you know, Montgomery goes down. All of a sudden you're thinking, well, <laughs> here we go. This thing might fall off the rails. But it doesn't. And you didn't even talk about your boy this week, Jamison Williams. Um, I do want to touch on him quickly, though, because, uh, Dave, he is not – I don't. I think we're seeing the evolution of him, but I don't think by the end of this year he's going to be an every-down player. I just don't think that's his role on this team this year. Um, once again, Josh Reynolds has a fantastic game, uh, you know, and Amon Ra is going to do his thing. It's just I don't think there are enough enough balls to go around right now for him. But if he's that guy that's going to come in and take the top off every two or three series, 
absolutely give it to me all day. And um, you even notice that ball was a little bit underthrowing. It doesn't matter because Jamison's so fast. Uh, he had two or three steps on the defender. And that's something that you can't plan for right now. Like, you don't know what he's going to give you. Uh, you know, the Lions are not going to certainly bank on it, uh, you know, going forward. But it's one of those things that's like, hey, two or three times a game, we can pull this out of our hat and just maybe see what we got here. So I, I just think that's an added element to kind of what you're talking about, Dave, about the, about the future and the peak of this team. It includes Jamison Williams, but I don't think it's a heavy dose of it. Well, I agree. I, I think that you hit it right there. I, I, I think that is his role here is like they – they moved up to get him to take the top off the defense and balance this offense with a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, like Mr. Reliable. Call him a possession receiver, whatever. That almost sounds like a slight to him. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is a top 10 NFL receiver in the league right now today. You add in Jamison Williams, like, and Sam Laporta went healthy. Like, we haven't even seen Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? To really what they can do with him healthy David Montgomery like man it is scary and the one person that I didn't talk about and I meant to talk about as I was going through Sheila and Brad and to Dan is dude hats off to Jared Goff pay that man I mean I'm serious like I'm at that point right now where it's like the quarterback that we have seen over the last I don't know how many games it's been Brant like 15 games like it this quarterback that we have seen is, he's elite. Call him an elite game manager, whatever. Um, I feel very confident having Jared Goff as the quarterback right now. Even when he makes mistakes, gets right back on track. Doesn't make the perfect throw every time, but he knows his bag at this point. He knows what his safety blankets are. And if he knows what those strengths are and can play to him week in and week out and get you a nice clean win, I'm all in on Jared Goff. Brand Jared Goff right now has the most bets this week in Vegas to win the MVP. Well, People are Dave, hopping on that train right now. Let me tell you, over the last 17 games, so you said 15, but it's actually over the last 17 games, so full season, right, leads the league in completion percentage. Like, he's number one in that. I think he's top five in QBR. Like, 4,500 yards. I, I know his touchdown-interception ratio is outrageous. You know, he had that streak of where he didn't have an interception. Like, I'm just, I know this isn't a big stat show. It's not what we do here. But I'm telling you, he has been a top five quarterback in this, in the NFL for the last 17 full games. So take that for what it is. I understand that's like, somebody says, hey, that's one sample size of a season. I've seen Jared Goff be really bad. Yeah, well, you saw Jared Goff be really bad with a bad offensive line last year, kind of, at the beginning of the season. They kind of got it turned around at the end of the season. So scrap last year doesn't matter. Um, you know, this this team right now has everything on the table for it. And Dave, it's the best Lions team I can remember ever seeing. That's for sure. And and while you used to have Stafford and Calvin Johnson, what were those guys' MO? Let's get down 22 and go ahead and hurry up and come back in the fourth quarter all the time. One, never had a really reliable defense. I mean, the 2015 defense was, it was pretty good. Um, you know, that was a top 10 defense for sure. But 
they never had like how they have all these skilled players. Like they had Calvin Johnson, that's for sure, and he can beat a triple team from time to time. But he was never going to take you to a Super Bowl, Dave. Right. So now you have a complete team, and I think that's like our, you've already said. Hats off to Brad Holmes and that whole crew. And you gave props to Sheila Ford earlier, and I and I do have to also say that as well. Someone had to sign off on the Matthew Stafford trade. Like Brad Holmes doesn't just deal him and be like, you know, I in the dead of the night behind Sheila's back. He's got to go into her office and sit down and be like, hey, this guy's been a staple of Detroit football for the last 12 years, whatever it was. I'm going to deal him. What do you think? And she's either got to say yes or no, obviously, and she made the right decision. And, and Dave, you talked about the draft picks and everything. It's been beautiful to see it play out. And now we have the rest of the season to just kind of sit back and, and watch this team just win games. And we've never had that. Well, and Brant, what other GM in the NFL right now is in the crowds high-fiving fans? Like, he, I mean, Brad Holmes is just different. I don't know if you saw him at the end of this game. Like, Brad Holmes is different. I'm just, I'm all in. And so I, I just quick, quickly want to, uh, go ahead. You had something to say? I just want to say, I think, like, Brett Holmes is probably a top 10 GM to me. Like, he is pushing all the right buttons. I know he, he might not be top five. I get that. The Eagles GM is outrageous. John Lynch for the 49ers, fantastic. Um, but I, I think he's really making waves. And that is something reassuring, Dave, because in Detroit sports, we have not had comprehensive general management from any sports team in the last 10 years. So it is awesome to see. Yep, leadership matters, that is for sure. Yeah, they have competent leadership, and they're not just competent, they're they're very good at what they do. So, um, Brant, quickly before we shift out of the Lions, uh, you, you've got a, another away game against the Ravens this weekend. I know we'll talk about that spread here in the, in the betting segment at the end of the episode. Uh, Brant, your quick thoughts on the Lions, how they stack up against the Ravens. And I just also want to remind Lions fans that you're going to lose some games. I'm not saying they're going to lose to the Ravens, but like you're not going to win the rest of the football games this year. That would be awesome. It would be historical and phenomenal. But let's just remember to to understand it's an NFL season. Injuries happen. You catch them on the wrong Sunday is going to happen. Like let's keep things in perspective here. But another game, it doesn't get any easier here. You got to prep for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Your thoughts? No, I just think it's funny because when you talk about casual fans versus like hardcore football fans, your hardcore football fans are going to know, yeah, that's a realistic take. But like for a casual fan that watches them every week, they're like, no way is anybody going to beat these guys. They're absolutely destroying teams. Guys, that's not the way the NFL works. Someone's going to pop up and bite you. See Browns 49ers last week, right? Like see Jets Eagles. People were losing money last week. Don't worry about that. Like, they're, they're, this is the, the NFL, and this is just what happens. The uh, the margin for error is so, uh, you know, slim in this league, Dave, that anything can happen on any given weekend. But let me just tell you about this. I don't like this Ravens offense. I never have. I'm not sold on Lamar, like, as being a distributor. I watched the London game. I got up early, had my breakfast, got settled in, and what did I see? A bunch of field goals from the Ravens because they can't move the ball in the red zone. They don't run the ball effectively with their running backs well enough for me to be sold on them. Lamar's going to do everything in his power to will him to a win, and we all remember 
What happened in 2021, Dave? The long field goal kick. I'm sorry, was that 21 or 22? That was last year, right? Was that 22? Yeah, I think that was 22. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, possibly. Yeah, the Justin yeah, Tucker kick. The Justin yeah. Tucker kick. I can't quite remember. But Dan Campbell was the coach of that team. That team's got to remember that. That's got to leave a sour taste in your mouth. You're heading to Baltimore. I guarantee they're going to be motivated. I like the Lions. All right. Yeah, I I mean, Lamar's Lamar. Um, <laughs> make him throw the football to beat you. Very similar to – I mean, this run defense is so good. Not that they have running back – to worry about anyway you definitely got to worry about Lamar uh but it's the Baker Mayfield plan in a sense with contain with obviously having a mobile very mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson but make him throw the football make him beat you he's gonna make some throws gonna miss some throws that's Lamar Jackson um I I'm with you I mean we'll, we'll talk about that spread here in the betting segment but I'm right there with you very very high on the Lions heading into this weekend all right Brant It's time to talk shop here. It's Michigan, Michigan State weekend, Wolverines, travel to East Lansing. Brant, are you excited for this one? I didn't even realize there was a game this weekend, Dave. I'm sorry. Um, no, obviously kidding. Um, you know, it was funny. I watched, actually, oddly enough, I just had BTN on the background before I came out to the garage tonight. Harlan Barnett's press conference was on and someone was like, Hey, do you got to get the guys up for this weekend? Like, um, you know, stuff like that. And he was like, are you kidding me? They know what week it is. Like, obviously this is their Super Bowl. Like, so I am kind of excited for that aspect of it, Dave. Like, you know, the Spartans are going to bring it, whatever they have. Um, I, I expect it to be a close first quarter. I can tell you that. Um, I expect that they're going to come out fired up. It's a home game. I do expect it to be a 50-50 split, though, like in the crowd. I expect to look out there and see a lot of maize and a lot of blue. I talked to my father-in-law. It sounds like he's going to get tickets for like 40 or 50 bucks and head down there this weekend. So, I mean, why not, right? I mean, if they're going to be going for that cheap, I don't think a ton of Spartans are going to be signing up to be in that stadium this weekend. Um, with the spread as large as it is, as it is um, I would just caution Michigan fans to be like, Hey, if it's a slow start, if you get out of the gate slow, just don't worry. This team is like that from time to time, Michigan. You know what I mean? They always talk about the boa constrictor example. God, Joel Klatt has beat that thing to death. I've heard it a thousand times, but listen, it really is true. Like Michigan state just right now doesn't have the athletes that Michigan does. That's plain and simple on top of the fact they just had a huge letdown game at Rutgers. I mean, that was so deflating, Dave. And when you talk about why you lost that game, you didn't lose that game because you're much worse than Rutgers. You lost that game because you're dumb. Like, you made dumb plays. You had three straight fumbles on possessions. You had the punter fumble the ball. You have the guy with the kickoff, the pooch kickoff, just decides not to go get it. It was an embarrassment. It was a, a clown show, Dave. It really was. And... um I would expect the Spartans to be a little more clean than that. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, it's it's no secret that Michigan State is struggling, to say the least, this year. The program is safe to say whether you're a Michigan State fan or not. I mean, the program is in shambles. They have no direction right now. And 
they it, things can't get much worse. So in in that sense, I think that with it being a rivalry game, they they will get up to play Michigan. I do see it as a close game early on, just like you, Brant. Um, I don't have any lack of confidence that that Michigan is going to do what they've done all year against all of these teams that they've played, which is kind of start slow and then just slowly outwill you as the game goes on. And it's not even just like the, the athletes and the skill position. It, it's they're just built so like tough and, and like deep that they just wear you down as the game goes on. And so like, that's not the team that I want to play in the third and the fourth quarter. I, I just think that, um, this game, there's not too much to say. Michigan's the better team. They should win this game fairly easily. Um, I think Michigan State fans feel the same way. They're hoping for a close game. I mean, it's the the beauty of this rivalry is these teams are out to kill each other. And I mean that in a in in, in a way that's like, look, when Michigan State was was great and and on top of the world in the D'Antonio era and, and they were kicking Michigan while they were down for so many years. Look, I get it. Like talk your smack, run up the score, do all of the things, have all the bulletin board material from what Mike Hart said, you know, the little brother comments back, back in the day. I, I get all of that. Michigan deserved every, every ounce of that, that they got, but, but the tide has now shifted and as a Michigan fan, like I'm not somebody that's like, well, give me a great game. No, man. When it comes like in this game, second half, run up the score. Like that's what I want. Like cover that spread. Um, let the world know that you're not taking anybody lightly. And and I think they'll do just that. Just like Michigan State did in the D'Antonio era. Like I, it was not that long ago where this was totally shifted. And so I do think that Michigan has has to keep this identity of just being tough and being focused. And you heard it, Brant, from like Blake Corum this week talking. I mean, these media reporters, they are searching for the bulletin board material. They are leading the horse to the water and asking questions. They're hoping to elicit a response that's going to be like, whoa, 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 this is what Blake said or what JJ said about Michigan State. Brant, I don't know if you've tuned into any of that. They haven't said anything. It is, uh, yep, we know they're going to come out. They're going to play us tough. They're going to play their best game of the year. This is a business trip. We're going to we're gonna play hard. We're going to play like to the identity of our football team. We're going to go get a win, and we're going to come back home to Ann Arbor. Like It's very, okay, we're giving them the respect that this is our, a rivalry game because, Brant, we know what happens when Michigan doesn't do that. It doesn't matter how good Michigan is. When they don't take this game serious, bad things happen. We've seen it happen time and time again in the last 15 years. It sounds like this team is focused. They're not taking them lightly. They're not giving any bulletin board material. They're not kicking Michigan State while they're down. They're not cracking the jokes, making the t-shirts, all that stuff. It's just, no, we got a game Saturday night in East Lansing. They're going to give us our best, just like every other team is this year, and we're going to be ready for it. So I feel, I feel confident. I'm excited. I hope Michigan continues to take this step that they seem to be taking each week. Like these last few weeks, man, since Jim Harbaugh has been back, it's been awesome. <laughs> it really, really has. Like, I don't know how you have not managed to give Harbaugh his contract yet, but I feel like that number is just keep climbing up and climbing up and climbing up. 
Dave, I got a question for you that um, I'd like you to answer, and it, it's pretty simple. Um, is Michigan the best team in the country? I think Michigan's the best team in the country right now. Doesn't that feel weird to say? I, I it, it does, and I and I think that it's it's not an like for anybody who's tuned into this show over the last few years, and I know we're we have some more like listeners that are out there now that we don't even know. But this is not the Michigan Homer show by any means. Um, especially, I mean, we we talk about things very objectively, but also, I mean, I was probably the biggest naysayer for like at least that first year of the podcast. Like, nope, I'm not buying in. I've written apology letters to Jim Harbaugh since, went public with that. Um, but like, you're not going to get that from us. And so when I say Michigan's the best team in the country, just like I say, I think the Lions are one of the top teams in the NFL is it's just from a football standpoint. It's from a roster standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from experience, from depth, from all of these things. They're the best team in the country right now. They are. Um, I, I mean, I'm always going to have the little asterisk out there like, well, you're not till you beat Georgia. And I think that's fair to say till somebody beats Georgia. Obviously, Georgia loses their best player in Brock Bowers this week. I don't know how long that is. I know they were talking about season ending. It sounds like he could be back in a few weeks and be back to play Tennessee. Who knows? I'm not thinking about Georgia right now. I'm thinking about this Michigan team. I think the hardest thing to say with confidence that Michigan's the best team in the country, Brant, is just they haven't played anybody. They haven't, and and it's a fair thing to bring up until they play Penn State. And we're going to learn a lot about Michigan at that time. I still feel confident saying that. But these games have all been layups. They just have been. And and so you got to beat a good team for me to really, really plant the, the flag in the field and say, this is this is our year. This is the team. But I feel pretty confident just seeing the direction of this team right now, seeing the leadership, the growth of J.J. McCarthy. I think I said last week or two weeks ago, this team will go as far as J.J. McCarthy takes them. The defense is there. It's a unit. It's I'm confident in them. The O line, I'm confident. The like, I really feel like at the the end of the day, this is JJ McCarthy. Um, plant your plant your uh, foot in the ground and make some history for Michigan. I mean, Jim Harbaugh called, this week called him um, on the path to be the best quarterback in Michigan football history, and I don't think that's a hot take. I think that is right on par. That is not Harbaugh slapping the pads of his quarterback. I believe that. What about you, Brant? I'll flip that over to you, and then let's get into the betting segment. Is Michigan the best team in the country? I will say that Michigan is the second best team in the country right now. Um, it is. It is. <laughs> it's funny because I, I think it's Georgia until otherwise proven otherwise, Dave. Um, and that obviously, I mean, you make great points about Brock Bowers and things like that, but boy. Have I seen a lot of Georgia players be injured in the last couple of years, and it has not slowed that train down? And I think that's you know that's a fair that's a fair assessment of them. You know that that really isn't just blowing smoke or whatever. Those are real things. Like George Pickens, remember he was like out for that extended period of time, came back and had a couple of catches in the playoff games, whatever. But but really, I mean, he was could be considered their best player, and um, you know they just continue to do what they do. And 
we'll see what they come down the stretch with, and I, and I totally get it. So yet to be seen uh, from them because you could also say the same thing that you say about Michigan, about Georgia. Well, have they really played a tough schedule? They kind of played a paper tiger in Kentucky, a one-trick pony that just kind of got their doors blown off by Missouri at home. So not really impressed with Kentucky right now. Now, Dave, the interesting team here is Washington and what they did to Oregon this weekend. And I think everybody's kind of, how how the, how America feels about the Lions is kind of how I think America is gravitating towards Washington and the Michael Penick situation and this high-flying offense. And they do all the things that are fun to watch. And Dan Landing gave them the ball back with a minute 20, which is apparently way too much time for them or whatever. They score in two plays. They go 60 yards in two plays, like no problem. And it was awesome to watch. As a fan of college football, that was amazing. And I think that Washington's defense has some questions, obviously. And it would be a heck of a game if Washington and Michigan actually got to play. Um, I know we're talking about a Big Ten matchup, which is exciting. But, <laughs> you know, twenty two shouts to 2024. But, um, you know, if both of those teams get in the playoffs, how fantastic that would be. Um, you know, yet to be seen from from the uh, you know who's going to make it there. Obviously, but that would be a really cool matchup. Love this Washington team, Michael Penix Jr. Right there with you. That Oregon game was just awesome, by the way. Just good for college football. And then you saw USC just take one on the chin too. So yeah, I I, I still I feel comfortable with with my take with the asterisk that like yeah, until somebody beats Georgia, like. Uh, Sure, they're the best team in the country and deserve to be. I, but the question you asked me was, do I think Michigan is the best team in the country? I do. Do I think they Ooh. deserve to be ranked number one? I do not, until somebody beats Georgia. So on that note, Brant, let's shift into the betting segment. Okay, Dave. I would say this is the game of the weekend. Penn State. Uh, I believe they're ranked number six right now. Ohio State number three. Does that sound right? I don't know. They they moved. I think they're seven. Yeah, they're seven. Okay. Well, whatever. Either way, six and zero over six and zero. Going to be a fantastic game in Columbus. Ohio State favored by four and a half. Kind of a eh, line, you know. Who do you like? Well, I I'm excited for this game. I have a feeling that Penn State might be exposed a little bit. I, I I think that Ohio State may put themselves on the map with this game. It is in Columbus. Um, I got Ohio State winning by a touchdown or more. Uh, I hate to say that. I'm, I'll be pulling for Penn State. I want to be wrong when I re-listen to this podcast. I want to be wrong. But Ohio State, four and a half points against Penn State. I know that I've said for the last several weeks that like Penn state scares me the most right now in the big 10, they kind of do. I just have a feeling like I I do. I just have a feeling that Ohio state's going to come out at home and just kind of quiet some people down. I do. And I'm here for it. I'm I'm excited for this game pulling for Penn state, but I'm going to take Ohio state covering four and a half. What about you? Penn state, Ohio state. Man, when that comes to my mind, I don't immediately think defensive battle. But that is what this is going to be. I truly believe that this will be one on the defensive side of the ball. And I just think that Ohio State's offense is just better than Penn State's. 
while I think Penn State gets enough stops to win the game, I don't think they get enough scores to win the game, if that makes sense, Dave. So I believe that four and a half is an odd number. They're like begging me to take Ohio State, which scares me. Uh, but I am going to go with Ohio. You took Ohio State, didn't you? Yeah. I'm going to go with Ohio State, too. Um, I don't know if it'll be a by a touchdown or more, but it better be by four and a half or more. So uh, I will take Ohio State to cover the number, but I like this to be under. I think the under is like 49 and a half. I like it to stay under that. I could see this as a 27-13 type game or something kind of uh, under the number like that. So. We already talked about Michigan MSU. We know what's on the line this weekend for Michigan. Um, they're 24 and a half point favorites. We have not seen them be bloated yet, like be like take advantage of an opponent. You've already talked about their focus, Dave. You've hit really hard on that point. Do you see them covering the number? Are they hungry to cover that number this weekend? Michigan was going a very long time without covering the spread. Um, I- 24 and a half to me does not seem like enough. I get why it is that number. Um, I do think that it can be tight early on. It may be tight in the first half. Brent, go back and look in the last few weeks. These games that Michigan's winning like 52 to 7 are like tight games in the first half from a score standpoint. And then it just gets blown open. I see a similar story here. I think Michigan wins by, if I had to put a prediction on it, looking at like a 42 to 10 type of a win. Like I, I feel comfortable taking Michigan to cover 24 and a half points. What about you? I'm going to grab Michigan here as well. Um, and I think it has more to do with these guys know. I think, I think these guys know about the numbers. Like I think they know about the spreads. I think they take a sense of pride in being like, yeah, we covered that spread. We knew 24 and a half was not enough. Like we want to bury them by 38, 41. And we're going to go into their crib and do it. Like, I think they are that motivated this weekend. I, I just I just feel like Michigan is on a mission to prove to everybody, primetime, Saturday night, on the road. They love that spot. They already did it at Minnesota. They were in a 330 slot against Nebraska, but they went out in there and did their thing. And Ohio, or Ohio State, Michigan State's offense is not anything to to be afraid of. I mean, they're not any better than Minnesota. They're not any better than Nebraska offensively. So I see them shutting them down and getting the cover in the 24 and a half. Okay, Dave, Lions at Ravens. We already touched on Lamar a little bit. Um, Three-point favorites are the Ravens. Lions getting disrespected on the road. Again, Dave, what do you like? I have no reason to not take the Lions plus three. To me, that's a absolutely like I, I'm picking them on the money line. If I'm if I'm being honest, um, I, yeah, I, Lion, Lions plus three. I just the 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 Ravens offense is just not not it for me. I, I until I see something more from that, I I, I I like the the Lions that defense how they stack up and and that offense just seems to be clicking. I mean, I'm I'm a little. I'm a little bummed that they're going to be missing David Montgomery for what Dan Campbell said. It looks like some more time than we were all expecting. That's a killer. I hope they get him back after the bye week. Um, this is going to be a lot of Craig Reynolds, who I know won a lot of people's hearts this past week, and hopefully a, a healthy J- Jameer Gibbs. But um, I still just – they have enough pieces to, to, to win this thing. They do. And until I see otherwise or, you know, the uh, – 
the shoe starts to fall onto the other foot, like I, I'm taking Lions. So Lions plus three. What about you? Dave, this this line just feels weird to me. Like the Ravens have been average. The Lions have been great. Why are the Ravens favored? I don't know. I feel like sometimes Vegas knows more than I do, and sometimes I just need to blindly trust them. I'm going to trust them on this one. I'm going to grab the Ravens, minus three. I know that seems weird because of how the Lions are, but back-to-back road games, like you already mentioned, David Montgomery. I I just I feel like the Ravens in this spot, they somehow get it done. Dave, could you also see this be a very low-scoring game? Field goals, kind of a mucky kind of game. Absolutely. The Ravens love that kind of game, too. And that's what kind of scares you, right? Like, hey, it comes down to a possession here, a possession there, and they always seem to just kind of make a play. Or, I mean, Tucker's going to hit one from 68. Like, something ridiculous feels like it could happen. Um, So I will take the Ravens in the number there. Uh, Dave, to me, game of the weekend, uh, Dolphins heading to Philadelphia. Wow. There should be some points in this game, I would assume. Uh, Eagles, can they cover the two? I'm going to take the Eagles to cover the two. Um, I think if the Eagles had not just fell on their face against the Jets, I would probably take the Dolphins here. But I I feel like they're due for a bounce-back game. They're at home. It's going to be a great game to watch. I hope I'm wrong. hate the Eagles. Go Dolphins. But I'm going to take the Eagles here, covering two. What about you? Dave, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Um Eagles secondary has not been impressive to me. I haven't fell in love with that. Uh, While their defensive front is absolutely disgusting, there is no doubt about that. Uh, That's what they do. Zach Wilson did some things last week that I kind of was surprised about. Uh, Like you said, Dave, though, maybe they get in the lab and they they bounce back nicely. But I think two points in the Dolphins here just makes sense to me. So I'm going to take them on that. And let's round it out with the 49ers traveling to Minnesota, Monday night football, Vikings getting seven at home, the Justin Jefferson-less Vikings. Yeah, I don't get this. I mean, normally I'll say seven's a lot, especially when you're on the road, but the Vikings are not good. They're missing their best wide receiver. Now the 49ers are possibly without CMC, possibly without Debo, Debo Samuel. I'm guessing that's why it's only seven. And this isn't like a nine and a half point spread or something like that. I'm still taking the 49ers over the Vikings. The Vikings are not good. What about you? Dave, I'll take the Vikings. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just like the points for a home team like that. That seems like a lot of points for a home team. Kind of a far ways to travel for San Francisco. I don't know. I, I just feel like that number's a healthy number. And plus, I think the 49ers were just in Cleveland last week, so maybe the back-to-back travel starts to play a little havoc. You already mentioned CMC potentially being out. Um, and I'll just, I'll be honest with you. like The Vikings won a sloppy game last week, but that is kind of a confidence booster. They played the Chiefs really close. You know, They played them to a seven-point game. Well, I'll just I'll grab the Vikings and the points this weekend. Also, for the lock of the week, Dave, sitting at five and two, wasn't very thrilled last week with it. Um, let's roll with this: Tennessee, Bama, under forty nine and a half. The reason that I like this, Dave, Joe Milton is a trash can. Okay, there is no question about it. Overthrow Joe is seriously a trash can. And let me just go in on Bama's offense for, uh, for just a, a quick second as well. 
Nothing to see here, folks. Jalen Milrow, fantastic at running the ball. Cannot throw it. Can't have it. These are two good defenses. Give me the under for 49 and a half. Which is odd coming from a game last year that almost had 100 points in it. Sassy Dave's here. Yep. Absolutely. Well, all right. There's the, there is the lock of the week. I uh, want to thank everybody for sticking with us here. Season 3, Episode 11. Make sure that if you have not done so already, you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Hop over to that YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button as we continue to try to grow the podcast there as well. Uh, hopefully, we are talking about another Lions victory next week on the podcast. Have a great one. Riverside.